Welcome into your Fizz post-game Twitter space recap after Syracuse takes down Purdue 35-20 in what might be the biggest win in the history of the Dino Babers era at Syracuse. That will be eight seasons Dino Babers now has been the head coach at Syracuse University. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to put into words what Syracuse's record has been like on the road under Dino Babers. Um, that would be six wins in eight seasons away from away from the dome, uh, and three of those against Boston College. And you beat Duke away from home, you beat Wake Forest away from home, and you beat Virginia Tech. Nothing compares to beating a Big Ten team on the road. Nothing, absolutely nothing compares to that. Um, it's it, it truly is kind of crazy to think about that Syracuse um, had not done this beating a big 10 team is not easy um th- i think that's that's pretty self-explanatory um but for for syracuse to go into west lafayette and win by two scores is is unfathomable my name is ethan frank i'm the audio director here at the fizz taking you through all the thoughts and analysis after the orange get the job done start the season three and oh for the second consecutive year and it's it's it really is crazy how how much Syracuse had struggled on the road in the Dino Babers era. It's it, it's it's ridiculous. And to get the job done, Garrett Schrader only completes fifty percent of his passes, throws for one hundred eighty four yards and in interception, twenty five carries for one hundred ninety five yards and four touchdowns. If you're only looking at his passing stats, uh, you were like, oh, Garrett Trader didn't play very well. Well, guess what? Garrett Trader played one of the best games he's played as the quarterback of Syracuse. And that is, there's no, there's no disputing that. He was so good in every aspect, whether it was decision-making, whether it was uh, awareness. Uh, he did take some hits here and there, yes. But Garrett Trader in a game like this is always going to take hits. And... For him to lead this team in a way that is is kind of different than what we saw last season where you had a Sean Tucker and that was the person everyone was relying on. It's like to see him lead and not be burdened by a Sean Tucker or by any receivers on the outside or you know by a new offensive coordinator, have continuity with Jason Beck is so, so important. And I mean, I personally couldn't be more happy for Garrett Schrader to play on prime time on what is a, a lousy college football weekend and show the country what he can do. I mean, I tweeted out for my personal Twitter account, Garrett Schrader and the hidden ball trick. I mean, that might be my new favorite play in all of football. Uh, that was unbelievable how how well he was able to execute in so many different facets of the game. You think about his decision making in the read option tonight. And just, just so, so, so impressive, um, because you, you think about w- what Purdue's defense was trying to do. They were trying to limit him. They were one hundred percent trying to limit him. And time after time again, he would make a difference in the game. And it didn't first contact. Garrett Trader is not going down on first contact. We've all watched Garrett Schrader enough to know he's not going down on first contact. And he broke tackle after tackle and made sure to limit the amount of hits he was taking. Did much more sliding in the second half than he did in the first half. 
it was a, a really, really impressive performance from Syracuse's signal caller. And to be buoyed by LaQuint Allen rushing for 17, 17 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown and then catching six passes out of the backfield as well, I, I highly encourage you all to go check out our Fizz Report card on theorangefizz.com. Uh, I can go through some grades right now. I gave Garrett Trader an A-. minus. The only reason to dock him is, is some of those hits he took at the end of the first half, the interception um, to Donovan Brown with that 50-50 ball. There were a couple missed passes here and there, thinking that pass to Demarcus Adams at the end of the first half, but he was really, really solid. Um, and then, you know, moving on down, LaQuint Allen, I thought it was a B plus. He dropped a pass in the first half. I thought there were a couple of runs where he bounced it outside a little earlier than he needed to. And, and that kind of docked him a little bit, but I thought he ran with power. He ran with finesse. He ran with speed. And I thought he was really, really solid. Uh, some other great Dino Babers, I think obviously is the person a lot of us care about most. Uh, I gave him a B plus because you think, you think about Dino and it's like, okay, you know, he had this team ready to play and they came in and they won by two scores. And that is really, really impressive. Did dock him because of, you know, pre-snap penalties were still a thing, but that's going to happen on the road. Uh, but just all the unsports, uh, whether it was late hits, roughing the passers, I know we can talk about this officiating. The Big Ten officials were terrible. Syracuse got screwed out of what not one but two fumbles in the second half. Um, but, you know, some of those late hits out of bounds and roughing the passers were avoidable penalties. So I dock Babers for that. Um, some other grades. Damian Alford. I thought was solid acting as the number one receiver tonight. I mean, it's funny. Only two receivers caught passes tonight. Um, Damian Alford, four for 70. Donovan Brown, four for 52. Those are your guys moving forward, man. Those are your guys. Um, And I gave Damian Alford a B. He wasn't flashy, but he got open when he needed to, found soft spots in Purdue's zone defense. Um, And against man coverage, drew two huge pass interference penalties there in the second half which was really, really important to keeping Syracuse's offense on the field and not giving Purdue the ball back down by only one score. Um, so really happy with Damian Alford. Donovan Brown, I don't have a grade for it, but I thought he was he was good. Uh, he's different than Damian Alford. Didn't really see much of Isaiah Jones there in the second half. It was really Alford and Brown were the two receivers. And then Amari Hatcher with that great block on Garrett Trader's fourth touchdown of the night. Uh, but Amari Hatcher, two big drops there in the first half. That was bad. That was bad for Amari Hatcher. Um, some other grades. How about we go to the defense? Marlow Wax, A. I mean, that guy is a stud. Looked like he was dealing with some cramps in the second half, but forcing two turnovers, that strip sack in the first half, and then that interception near the halftime break. And just his overall leadership, always on display. He was wherever he needed to be, dropping back in coverage, spying Hudson Card, or rushing the pass or from the linebacker position. Rocky Long can trust that guy to be wherever he needs in the defense. They talked about it on the broadcast how much respect the two of them have for each other. And everyone knows that Wax is the leader of the defense. Another linebacker I thought was awesome tonight was Derek McDonald, number 15. I mean, making plays in the backfield, tackles for loss. Derek McDonald was awesome tonight. Like all, like Dick Vitale, awesome with a capital A. Six total tackles, four of them solo, a tackle for loss. Felt like three or four tackles for loss, especially on the goal line. I gave him an A plus. Should have had that fumble recovery late in the or what was that early in the fourth quarter. Pathetic that that got overturned because Purdue's player was out of bounds. 
stupidest, one of the stupider rules, that and the touchback out of the back of the end zone. Really, really stupid. Why, if you lose the ball out of the back of the end zone, does the ball go to the other team? But if you lose it out of bounds any other time, then the offense gets to keep the ball. It makes no sense. Derek McDonald should have been rewarded there. And I thought he played an outstanding game, whether it was on the defensive line or in the linebacking unit. Um, a couple more grades, Isaiah Johnson and Jeremiah Wilson. I kind of combined them, the cornerbacks. I, I mean, I think there were some shaky moments, some missed tackles, some blown coverages. Purdue had a lot of plays that were, you know, those deep in, deep crossing, breaking routes over the middle of the field that Hudson Card was finding his receivers on. But I thought they responded. Uh, Isaiah Johnson specifically had that great pass breakup on fourth down late in the game that, that ended up sealing the deal for, for SU. And then Wilson, I thought, was stout tackling, whether it was uh, on the against the run, um, on screen passes. I was really impressed with the way those two guys tackled uh, in the running game. And that's something they should be be, should be really, really, really proud of and, and something to go into next week. Jeremiah Wilson fired up a lot throughout the game. Um, and then my final grade went to Jason Beck. I thought he called an outstanding game. The only play call that I would take back if I was Jason Beck was that swing pass to Donovan Brown late that looked like it could have been a double pass. Um, otherwise, I thought it was just just awesome. Uh, I, I give Jason Beck an A. I thought he was terrific, setting up Schrader for success. The only thing you can do better, tell Schrader to get down and not take as many hits. Um, so really, really, really happy um, with, with the game Jason Beck called in, in this one. Um, but I, I, it's just, when you look at this game, it's like, okay, coming into this, I, I mean, an article I wrote coming into this week was, uh, is Syracuse ready to win this type of game? Um, because this is not a game they've won. This is just not a game they've won under Dino Babers. They played Western Michigan and Colgate to open the season. Last year, they barely beat Purdue at home because the Boilermakers wrapped that game up in a gift box and wrapped it in wrapping paper and handed it to them. Uh, it, it was Syracuse's four and six away from Central New York the last two seasons. Two and six, if you count power conference opponents, um, one BC, one Virginia Tech. Both of those teams not good. I mentioned it at the top. This might be the best road win in Dino Babers' career as Syracuse's head coach. It might be. Syracuse now, next week against Army, is not a pushover, but they should be a pretty solid favorite in that game, and the chances are that this will be a 4-0 and start to the season for Syracuse for the second straight season. And then you welcome a Clemson team to the Dome that is not on the level of those national championship teams from the prior decade. That is a game you could possibly win and definitely compete in. Syracuse, I mean, they're, they're staring a bowl game in the face for the second straight year. Syracuse hasn't been to back-to-back bowl games in a decade. I mean, Dino Babers, you have to give the guy credit. I am a, 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 as foremost a Dino Babers critic as there is, but I would give him a lot of credit for the way he got his team ready to play tonight. And maybe that's Purdue. Maybe that's a Purdue team that turned the ball over, I don't know, four or five times in this game. Um, But... You got to go win the game. And Syracuse went and won the game, and they had a game plan, and they dealt with injuries. Aronda Gadsden, I mean, the news that he's going to be out for the season is just heartbreaking. Uh, this is a this is second team EP all, preseason All American. That's how good this guy is. Getting national notoriety, could have gone to the NFL. 
a Liz Frank injury is very serious. That is a very serious foot injury. I feel like it's something you more often see in basketball players than football players. That is that is really, really a, a kind of scary thought when it comes to Ronde Gaston is what is his recovery going to be like? Um, and maybe this means he comes back for another year as a senior next season um, because teams could be scared off by, by, his, by his foot. But I, I feel for the guy. I know he had a lot of expectations coming into the year and really wanted to prove what he could do and not being able to do that. And, and it seemed like it was a short-term injury. Uh, it is not, evidently. Dino Babers didn't have any comment on it on Thursday on his radio show. He, he didn't have any comment when talking to any other media outlets during the week. Um, and this is why, because they were obviously doing some serious testing, and, the, and this, is what, um, this is what the occurrence is. Uh, John Wildhack spoke about it uh, pregame that he thought, you know, he, he was devastated for a Ronde. And we all should be. And we're all thinking of a Ronde, and I'm sure he'll be there to support his teammates throughout the rest of the year. And, uh, hoping for a speedy recovery. But otherwise, it seemed like Syracuse on the injury front was was pretty clean throughout this game. It was a very, very solid, well-executed performance. Kevon Tartan went down late, but it seemed like he was going to be okay. We'll see if there's any. Um, let's see, Dino Babers, some quotes here from his press conference that's just started. He said, quote, you can't get enough turnovers. I'm really, really proud of the defense, as he should be, as he should be. Um uh, and he said, you know, coming into the week, they asked Garrett to use his legs. And that's uh, – Garrett Trader is best with his legs. And for how successful he was and for Jason Beck to keep dialing it and dialing it and dialing it. Um, uh, question here, reading from you, Jeff. Thanks for listening. Um, should Trader have taken it to the house on that last play? I don't think so. I think he made the right play because if if you think about it, um, what can happen? One, if he takes it to the house, then the other team could think that you are, you know, bad sportsmanship. Then that could in turn, you know, potentially cause a tussle or a fight. And that is not what you want from your team. Uh, because we saw what happened when Syracuse got in a fight at in the Boston College game last year. Dino Babers was not happy about that. It got them pe- severely penalized. Um, and it's not good. You don't want to start anything if you don't have to. And because they did that, that first down ended the game anyway. He could have, he ran what, 40 yards? He could have ran only another 10 past the first down. Um, so I think he made the conservative play. You're right. But I think it was the right decision. Uh, I don't think anyone else takes that to the end zone. I think, uh, unless you're, I think unless you're playing a rival, I think if you're playing a BC, you're playing a pit or you're playing an ACC team, then maybe you take that to the house. Um, but I think against an unranked Purdue team that had already lost to Fresno State at home this year, I don't think you're taking that one to the house. So I appreciate the question, but I do agree with Garrett Schrader's decision not to slide there. If you guys have any other thoughts, please feel free to, to tweet some replies at us um, over on, on Twitter or whatever the people are calling it these days, but we appreciate your support. Appreciate your, your listenership very much. Just some final thoughts before wrapping up here on the orange fizz post game show. Um, looking forward. Like I, I was a little bit earlier players to watch out for. I think Donovan Brown is going to emerge as probably the top target on this, on this Syracuse offense. I would be surprised if it wasn't, uh, I, I don't think you can ask too much of Damian Alford just because of his skill set. Um, but 
if I'm if I'm Donovan Brown, there is clearly um, clearly an opening, uh, and this is an opportunity that he has to take, um, and I think he's going to take it. So we will see if he does. Tino Baber said tonight about his coordinators, uh, it's not checkers, it's chess. So thank you, Dino. Um, I, th- I think that was pretty clear, and, and his coordinators did a very good job calling plays. But for Jason Beck, I think it's going to be getting Donovan Brown involved um, and making sure this offensive line is okay. I think it got a little shaky there in the second half. Garrett kind of running for his life. Thankfully, you do have a quarterback that can se- successfully run for first downs when he needs to, no matter the yardage. You know, that third and 10 in the first half, he escaped down the sideline for. There were third and, you know, mediums, like four to six yards that he escaped for in third and shorts. Then he dropped back to pass and had to make something happen. And he is so elusive and with such a big body. He, I mean, like, it's he, he's like a young, he, he looks like Ben Roethlisberger is what I keep coming back to. Like, he looks, like I said in the first half after his two rush, like, is he, is this Cam Newton I'm watching right now? Um, obviously not at that level, but like, that's kind of what your mind goes to is like some of these great guys at breaking tackles and, and not getting taken down on first contact. It, it's so, so, so impressive. Um, and we'll see what happens next week. Uh, I'm very interested to see what the opening projection will be. Army had a big win this week. Uh, unless I, I stand corrected. But for uh, an interstate game, a noon kickoff, Syracuse, according to ESPN's matchup predictor, is 91% chance to win, according to ESPN Analytics. I do not see a spread on the game, but Army with a big win at UTSA in the Alamo Dome. So two straight weeks of playing in the in a dome for Army. Um, this is a, a, one, a two-in-one ball club, lost to University of Louisiana Monroe in week one. Um, and then beat Delaware State 57 nothing week two, and then an eight-point win at UTSA in week number three. But I'm not sure how good this UTSA team is. They, they lost by three to Houston and then beat Texas State by seven. So we'll see. Uh, but this is a game Syracuse should probably win by double digits again based on what we just saw tonight. So uh, I think that's, that's just about going to wrap things up. Really, really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our Orange Fizz postgame show after Syracuse's 35-20 to 20 win at Purdue. If you haven't already, go to theorangefizz.com and check out all of our content going on. Let's see how we did on predictions this week. I, I, I'll be honest. I thought Purdue was going to win the game. I did uh, because I didn't trust Dino Babers to have his team ready to play on the road. I wasn't sure of the status of Ronde Gadsden. And for those reasons, I thought Purdue was going to win. So, unfortunately, my perfect prediction record is over. Um... But let's see how the rest of the guys did, uh, if I can get the site to load. Um, predictions from uh, Adam, one of our staff members. He thought Purdue was going to win by 10. Um, Liam, shout out Liam, had a 10-point Syracuse win, and Tyler had a 14-point Syracuse win. So 2-2 two and two split from the group there. Francesco uh, did not make a pick. So a 2-2 two and two split there from the group. But everyone had been uh, undefeated up to this point in terms of, of picks, and now Adam and I will move down to the cellar. So uh, it was a split group, but those who picked Syracuse rewarded and Orange fans rewarded for tonight's game. So once again, thank you very much for listening. Check out theorangefizz.com. We'll have content for you every single day throughout the week, and, uh, and, and we'll catch you coming up next week after Syracuse takes on Army. Have a good night, everyone.